the Bible Study Podcast, episode 197. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Revelation with chapter 19. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We are wrapping up Revelation rather quickly. We have one more day of bad news, and that is today. And then next week is the aftermath. And so today we're going to deal with judgment. We're going to start in Revelation 19, verse 11. I saw heaven standing open, and before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. When we see Jesus in the New Testament, when we see him in the Gospels, we see someone who is kind to children, we see someone who hangs out with the outcast, and we don't see the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. And this is him revealed in that way here at the end of Revelation, that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and before him every knee will bow. And that is where this world is heading. So this end of this chapter and the next chapter really are the trajectory where we're going. And we don't live our lives, I think, on many days with the understanding that the world is heading in this direction, that at some point, the Son of God, at some point, the Word of God, at some point, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is coming back. And he is coming back at the head of an army and all will be made right. And all of the things that have happened will be judged. Going ahead, and I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in midair, come gather together for the great supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings, generals, and the mighty of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, great and small. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse and his army. But the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet who had performed the signs on its behalf. With these signs he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. The rest were killed with a sword coming out of the mouth of the rider on the horse, and all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh." This, then, is where the devil and all those who serve him are headed. And so this is the first of the references here in this section on a burning lake of fire. And we don't talk about it that often. Well, actually, I guess it depends on which tradition you grew up in. I grew up in a church that didn't talk about burning lakes of fire that often. And I can't say that I'm sorry for that, because really the key message in the Bible is not burning lakes of fire. It's not brimstone and fire. It's instead that God wants to save us from that. It's that God wants to be in relationship with us. But this is there at the end of time. And it's something that is worth remembering occasionally. 
And this is certainly a reminder that that's the way that the devil, the beast, the false prophets are all headed. And that Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords and will set things right. And you can imagine that this was of great comfort to those who felt that things were wrong, who felt that the persecution they were going through was was wrong, was unjust, was made them cry out to say, God, how long? How long until your justice comes? And then continue on with Revelation 20, the thousand years. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him in the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations any more until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. There are some who say that we are in that thousand years. I find that hard to believe because to believe that, I have to believe that this is a time where for a thousand years, Satan hasn't been deceiving the nations. And I find as I look around that that stretches credibility for me. I find Satan's deception all over the place. I find lies being sold as truth. And so I think that that's probably something that is still to come, although perhaps it's something we wouldn't recognize when we're in the middle of it. But for me, this is something that is still coming ahead of us, this time where Satan is bound up in the abyss for most of the rest of time, but then will be let out for a short period of time, it says. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. And this is the other big reason why I don't believe that we're in the midst of this thousand years is I think we would notice if people who had been beheaded for their faith came back to life and were serving as judges for a thousand years. I'm thinking that is something that might even make the papers. And then the judgment of Satan. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out and deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. In number, they are like the sand on the seashores. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And again, I say this is where the devil and those who follow him are headed. Satan already knows that he has been defeated. He was possibly tricked into the crucifixion of Jesus, not knowing that Jesus was taking the penalty for all of us. And now his doom is sure, but that doesn't mean he's not going to put up a fight. And this is the last big fight. This is Armageddon. This is that last battle that Satan tries to wage against God and is defeated. What comfort this is to those who are under persecution, that in the end, Satan ends up in a lake of fire. The judgment of the dead. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. 
another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and the dead and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name is not found written in the book of life was thrown in the lake of fire. Now, it's interesting because this is definitely a passage that talks about being judged for what we have done. But of course, also, we have to put this in the context of that what this book says and what the rest of the Bible says, especially the New Testament, is that it is predominantly who you know. That is definitely our obedience to and our calling by God that gets our name written in that book of life. Now, I'm not one who says you get baptized and then you do whatever you like, but definitely that we are there because of Jesus' righteousness, not because of our own. But we are all heading towards judgment someday. Now, for those of us who are faithful, for those of us who are called to be faithful, for those of us who are loved by God, that is not necessarily something that we should fear. I don't say that we don't point out these verses to try and instill fear, but probably sobriety. And I mean that both in the sense of alcohol, but also just in general to to measure what we do and to be thoughtful that actions have consequences, whether now or later, all actions that we do eventually have consequences. And this is the ultimate consequence. This is the day where all of our actions are judged and all are judged by what they have done. And that day is coming. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. We only have one more chapter in Revelation left. I, for one, will be glad to see it over. I think the numbers have declined a little probably as we've done this study. It's a hard study. It's a hard book. But I hope that we have pulled out of this a couple key concepts. One is that we're in a world that is imperfect but is heading towards reconciliation, that is heading towards judgment, that is heading towards God finally coming and setting it right. Although God's timing is more patient than we would sometimes like. And the reason for God's patience, as the Bible says, is that God desires to give people time to sort things out. Similar to what we saw in the Old Testament, where God told Abraham that this is the land that will be yours, but not yet, because the sin of the people in this land is not yet complete. I still want to give them more of a chance to repent. And therefore, we wait. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. Leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. If you have any suggestions of what we should study next, let me know. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.